Hello there, and welcome to the Comic Book Tesseract, the weekly comics netcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I'm Jason Poliath. Every week we review and preview the world of comics along with other facets of geek chic culture. Justin's not with me, but I'm back in the saddle again this week. So I'm going to go ahead and get right into the comics for this week, and I'm pretty much going to just stick to comics, no news, no other geeky stuff that we sometimes talk about, and uh, we'll get back into some of that stuff uh, when the two of us can bicker about it. Uh, going to go ahead, and the big thing to happen this week in comics, as far as from the big two, is DC's releasing their zero issues. This is coming out on the regular publishing schedule of their books, but instead of doing the next consecutive issue, which would be a 13, uh, this is going back and doing a zero issue, which are origin stories for all of the heroes or teams that have been going on in the DC Comics New 52 universe. I'm going to go ahead and kick that off with uh, one of the first comic books out, Batman in Detective Comics. And this was an interesting little book. It had a wonderful little story of one of Bruce's training retreats where he was off learning before he came back to Gotham and had a backup story where we actually find out some of the stuff going on in Gotham while Bruce was away. Unfortunately, a lot of this was rehashing old territory. They tried to build some emotional ties of Bruce, at, or actually, what emotional ties will do to a person like Bruce, Yeah, and whether or not they're good for him as a warrior. And, you know, he's being trained, and his sensei keeps telling him not to have emotional ties, you know, don't care about people. And, you know, we, we tend to, and we see the effect of that on both the sensei and his, I presume, wife or, you know, at least female assistant of some sort. So th- there's an interesting little tale told there about, you know, the emotions. Unfortunately, it's stuff that's been hashed and rehashed with Batman stories over and over again. And I, while I do like the emotional torment that Batman has as a character, this didn't add any depth, anything new, or advance anything. At least a lot of the stories that take place in the modern times, you can advance the character through, even though if it's touching on a subject that's been touched on before, such as, you know, Bruce being disconnected and unemotional, which is certainly what they were kind of aiming at or why he would be that way with this. Uh, the follow-up story takes place pretty much immediately afterwards, in, or, uh, yeah, pretty much immediately after this, the main story, and is told in Gotham about Alfred and what he's been dealing with. This at least has some interesting aspects in what's been going on in Gotham and how uh, the Kane family, which is Bruce's mother's side of the family, how they've been reacting to the news of Bruce's death or Bruce's parents' death and Bruce disappearing for so many years for his training, and you know they're wanting to get their their hands on the Wayne. Uh, manner and the fortune involved there. It's interesting and it lays the groundwork for what will hopefully be seen in some of the future uh, detective comic stories or maybe even Batman or one of the other Bat titles. Uh, with the way DC's been integrating a lot of their stories, uh, it certainly would make sense for them to bring this back up and I hope they do because that would make this worthwhile. Otherwise this was nominally a throwaway issue. It's it's nice, but it, nothing extravagant, nothing great going on there. Staying within the Bat family, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Batwing, 
which, again, being a DC Zero issue, it's the origin of how Batwing came to join the Bat family, how he was recruited by Batman, which had already been alluded to in much of the arc that was told for Batwing in the first 12 months. So a lot of it doesn't seem really new. There's not much more insight to the character because a lot of this was told in the original arcs and with the revelations there. So again, this is a rehash. And if it hadn't been that it was part of the continuity, it probably would have been a side issue. I'd say don't pick up. Um, yeah, if you want your DC books for this month, you're going to be buying the zero issues. Um, so go ahead and, you know, pick it up if you've been reading it. Overall, I've been very happy with the way that Batwing is going. The future is a little bit uncertain. Judd Winnick, the writer, is going to be leaving DC Comics. So not sure yet if they're going to be replacing him and with who. Um, I've been enjoying the book. There's rumors that it might go away. I'd kind of hate to see that because it's interesting to see a character in that realm. And if they do take it away, maybe they could give us another one of the African heroes, which they do introduce a couple of in this book. Um, also within the Bat family, sort of, uh, going to talk about World's Finest, which is Huntress, which is Bruce Wayne from Earth 2's daughter, um, and uh, Power Girl, who is the Supergirl from Earth 2, when they crossed over from Earth 2 to the Earth 1 of DC Comics, uh, Huntre- or Robin became Huntress, and Supergirl became Power Girl, so they wouldn't clash with the existing namesakes of those characters on this Earth. This is kind of a first meetup story. You get to see how both feel they're being repressed. You know, they've got you know, overbearing superheroes rearing them. And they want to get out and show that they can do it, prove that they're able to. And so, you know, we get to see how they get to meet up for that first time. Unfortunately, it really kind of shows just how new they are into their own world when you see what's going on with them fighting. Because uh, the other thing that happens in here is you get to meet uh, Helena Wayne's mother, Selena Kyle. Um, which hasn't been that much of a secret. They've mentioned that her mother is Catwoman. Um, and if you're familiar with the Helena Wayne character from previous incarnations in the old DC, you knew that it was Batman and Catwoman that create, that were her parents. Um, so you get to see that. You find out what happens with her, um, leading up to the first team up and what appears to be the, some of the earlier attacks of uh, dark side's creatures coming in to and attacking Earth 2, which, as was revealed in the Earth 2 comic book premiere, that their, that first issue, uh, dark side wound up having his armies, although they were defeated, wound up defeat, uh, uh, killing the Earth 2 Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So, with where this begins, it's not a whole lot of time for them to grow and develop. Of course, you know, Helena was raised that way and, Power Girl, uh, Kara came in, you know, having the same abilities as Superman or nearly the same. So, you know, they, they certainly were pedigreed for this, but the timeline gives them very little time to develop before they're brought over into the Earth One world. Gonna take a quick jaunt to, uh, 
another uh, book going on in DC. Let's get, we'll go ahead and discuss the uh, Green Lantern book. This is actually a introduction for a character as well as that character's origin story. And it actually does a fairly good job with introducing who the character is. And that is the new Green Lantern, Boz. Uh, he's Green Lantern from Earth. He has uh, received the ring that appears to have been from uh, Hal Jordan slash Sinestro when uh, thing, events happened to them in the annual from, for Green Lantern. Um, if, any of you, if you read that book, then you'll know exactly what happened with their ring. And this is the story of Boz when he winds up getting the ring. It certainly sets up an interesting background for the character, and it'll be interesting to see where this goes with Boz as a character. Um, and it's leading into the uh, big event for the Green Lantern books, which is the Third Army. Actually, there's a Third Army soldier appearing at the end of this book in the panel, so this is certainly definitely an advancement and for one of the better books of the Zero Issues that came out this month. Um, so, I had a lot of zero issues. This one's my stack. I'm going to do a couple more of those later. I'm going to go ahead and step outside of DC. I'm going to go ahead and talk about a book from Image Comics called Hell Yeah. Hell Yeah! And uh, this is an interesting book. It actually wrapped up for first arc. And could arguably be at the end of the series. I'm not sure if they're going to continue on with it. Uh, they certainly set the stage for a much larger scene and a much bigger universe with the events that are going on here. Overall, I felt the book a little bit confusing. It deals a lot with alternate Earths, and I won't really say time travel, although it does appear that it has elements of time travel um, of multiple Earths, not necessarily infinite Earths, as there's there's a prime Earth and everything splits off of that one. So there is an endpoint. Um, I probably should have gone back and read issue four leading into issue five, uh, and that probably would have helped me understand exactly where this was uh, had left off and went back in. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the series. Uh, with issue five wrapping up, that probably means you're going to get a five issue trip. Uh, the five issues wrapped up in a trade. Uh, not going to say don't get it, but you got to be wanting to read a book that deals with alternate dimensions and alternate versions of the same person meeting each other and fighting. And I, I really do think that it's a setup. And, yeah, if they do continue, I'll, I'll continue getting the book. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to report back to you that it's getting better and better. Another company out there, Valiant, with Archer and Armstrong number two is out. Uh, love the cover of this, where Archer's pissed off at his... Just riddled Armstrong's body full of arrows and Armstrong doesn't care. He's smiling and drinking away. I, I love that concept of the driven young kid who's really skilled and wants to just stand for something. He's got, you know, he's got these ideals and one of the things they did right at the end of the first issue is they took away all of his ideals. Yeah, they already started to show him that the world was not what it was presented to be, and that it's a lot more complex than the limited vision that he had growing up on the little uh, amusement park uh, slash compound that he grew up on, that it was a very limited worldview, 
And it's so much different out in the real world that, yeah, and of course now he's meeting Armstrong, who's a character who is very much that world-weary traveler who knows a lot. I wish this issue had a bit more confrontation between the two, a little bit more of a clash of their personalities. They, they seem to get along a bit too well in this to be as much fun as I think it can be. Um, there are certainly some elements that they're dealing with. They've certainly updated the story and who the villains are, what they're calling themselves, although the ideas behind it are much the same as they've been previously. So it, it, it's going to be a little interesting uh, story. I'm still enjoying it. I know the guys at our shops weren't too, at our shop wasn't too thrilled with it, uh, but the guys in Heroes Haven, yeah, they got their own tastes. I'm going to say go for it. I've loved what Valiant's been doing with all of their books so far. And, yeah, this is certainly one of the good ones. I think Bloodshot, uh, which has also put out a uh, new issue in the past uh, week or so, that was also good. And I'm liking where they're going more with that as well. It's staying away from the straight up having them fight um, or uh, or straight up having the character fight and just using the nanotech. They've taken some new spins on that, and they're really delving into the mindset of the character, which I, I think makes it a much stronger book with Bloodshot. Um, so, you know, Bloodshot, you know, another good one that it's, that's come out and worth picking up. Actually, all four Valiant books that are out right now, really good. They got a fifth book that they're going to be releasing next month, and I'm looking forward to that, because if they keep up the quality that they got, they're doing really good. It'll also be interesting to see just how long they can sustain it, because the books they're putting out now are books that have been out previously. And so they've had source material to draw from, to revamp, to revise, update. Once they start building their own stories, we'll see just how well they can carry these characters. And hopefully they'll be able to do good. It looks really good to begin with. It'll just matter how well they can keep it going. All right. Uh, apparently I had nothing from Marvel this week, so I'm going to go ahead and jump right back to... Uh, DC. Actually, no, I take that back. I had Spider-Man, the uh, sec part two of the Alpha story arc, where Alpha, the uh, sidekick to Spider-Man, although apparently it got reported that Spider-Man was his sidekick, uh, Spidey's decided that he doesn't understand responsibility well enough to keep his powers, and Spidey's now decided he's going to have to take them away from them. I really enjoyed Spider-Man. It had a lot of good, quirky snappy comments. Uh, Dan Slott just knows the character so well, is able to write him very well. And if you like a light-hearted comic, it certainly deals with some deeper issues, but it deals with them in a much more light-hearted way than a lot of comics, especially DC, which has seemed to go darker and, and certainly more of a, trying to bend it towards a realistic, if you want to call superhero stories that, angle. Whereas Parker, they're able to add a little bit more whimsy to it. it. It's funny. It's a bit more comic. And it's certainly more comical with the smart-ass comments you get from Spidey. Or the occasional smartest comment. Uh, Johnny Storm was in there at the beginning, so there are a couple comments there. So, uh, Amazing Spider-Man has just... It really has been amazing. I'm really glad I'm picking that up. I wish Marvel uh, put it out monthly instead of bi-monthly. Uh, just, yeah, the, picking up it twice a month is just, you know, kills the budget. Uh, so I'm going to try and stick with it as long as I can. I know I threatened to drop it before. May still do so just because twice a month is 
you know, quite a bit of comics, you know. And that's one of the things I like about DC is when they relaunched the line, they tried to spread it out so that you could get different types of stories. You know, if you wanted your straight up action, your, your, your straight up action superhero stories, you've got Superman and Batman. You want something more of a Western, you get All-Star Western, which has been outstanding. If you want uh, something more of a horror story, you've got the Swamp Thing, or you've got uh, the Demon, uh, with the stories that the Demon is in. You know. So they, they've kind of pulled out all the stops, trying to hit a whole broad swath. You know, if you like the mystical stuff, you've got the JLA Dark. And another book that's uh, jumping right into that same arena is The Phantom Stranger, which Zero Issue came out. It's the premiere of the new series. Phantom Stranger we've seen before in the new 52, uh, mainly as part of the uh, free comic book day one-shot, where it's revealed that he's part of the Trinity of Sin, along with Pandora, who's the woman that appeared in every first issue after Flashpoint, and The Question, who we haven't seen a whole lot of yet. Uh, this gives the origin of the Phantom, or, or the Phantom Stranger, but also uh, gives the origin of the Spectre. I did feel the origin of the Spectre was just kind of thrown in there. You had no context for why the character became the Spectre, you know, what it was that made that person special, or you know, place time, what the specific aspect of that created. The, uh, the Phantom, yeah, so, or, yeah. It, it really was one of the, or the Spectre was really just kind of odd to see that thrown in there, but you did get to see where they're going to be expanding with the Phantom Stranger. He's an intriguing character, you know, they, they really haven't told you exactly who he is, just really explained what his crimes were and why he's being punished. Uh, this is going to be a big series in dealing with the DC Universe overall, uh, in particular because of how the Phantom Stranger fits in with the Trinity War, which is coming up. Alright, uh, going to go ahead and jump over to Earth 2. This was their Zero Issue. Uh, this introduced an, another new character. Uh, it mentions some of the other heroes that have been seen in the DC, uh, in the Earth 2 DC universe and uh yeah, it, it's another appearance of the uh earth 2 superman batman and wonder woman because this is before the again this is zero issue it's an origin story before the yeah, current situation and this one actually does something unique for the zero issues in that it actually tells you a story that's setting up things to come there are a couple of hints of things that might happen in some of the other books. This one really is, it's not so much an origin of, you know, the Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman, because we know what happened to them. Um, there's also an appearance by Catwoman. Um, and it, it, they, they mentioned some of the other characters. There's including one that they purposely have left completely out of this story. And they it also introduce another uh, separate character, separate from all other of the, uh, DC characters that has set himself up to be a villain coming up either in the Earth 2 uh, story arc, which is very likely, and possibly 
leading into some sort of a crossover between the Earth 2 and Earth 1 universes. Again, this was one of the better done uh, of the Zero issues. It actually had yeah, a unique story with an introduction of a character that we hadn't already had, wasn't already, wasn't rehashed. So I, I like that aspect that it was something unique and different from all, from all the other stories. Last one I'm going to talk about is, uh, one of the first of the DC books to come out. Now, uh, just as I started with Detective Comics, I'm going to go ahead and end with Action Comics, which of course was, uh, Superman. And, you know, this is, kind of interesting in that it deals with Superman's first appearance on the scene of uh, Jimmy and Lois who somehow, from being nowhere near him, are some of the first to notice him and try and convince their boss to do a story on him. Unfortunately, they have no real proof other than Jimmy's photos, which as uh, Perry White probably you know, should say, you know, these could be photoshopped. So there's not much to go on. It, it's interesting to see this is how they're taking their lead and going after him and where he goes to. Unfortunately, a lot, again, a lot of this has kind of been touched on in the action comic story. Uh, we see him actually, uh, it's interesting because they start him off that Clark is living, living with Jimmy as he gets his job at the star, which the book picks up a couple weeks after this where he's already working at the star and Superman's been around for a little while, so people know who he is to some extent. Uh, but Jimmy is actually set up. He's got parents that are well-to-do, uh, or at least his, his dad is well-to-do. Um, after having grown up you know, poor, his dad's well-to-do. So Jimmy's mooching off of him in a penthouse. Clark's been with him for a while and says, you know what, i got to get out on my own. And in part, we see that the reason for that is so that he can be Superman. And he goes and he meets his wife. There's a wonderful little conversation between him and or sorry, he meets his landlord between him and the landlord who talks about her husband who's been in a coma for seven years and there's just a wonderful little subtext going on there if you're familiar with uh, superman comics and dc comics if you've watched the superman tv show uh, cartoon regularly uh, you'll you might be able to pick out the uh, subtext of who the uh who the landlord is, who the landlord's husband is. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and ruin it just because it's so much fun to read and see what's going on. And they've actually hinted at that already in the main uh, story that they've been telling in Superman. Uh, there's also just a wonderful tale in here, and it's largely secondary to some of the events going on of you know, just two brothers who are living with an abusive parent, and they happen to find Superman's cape after uh, after a uh, stop gone bad where Superman gets it with a missile and falls. Because, again, with the restart of the universe, Superman, at the beginning of Action Comics, is not as strong as he becomes by the time we reach the Justice League books or the current continuity five-year-later Superman books where he does have flight, and at the beginning of Action Comics, he's not quite as invulnerable, he's has he still has to leap tall buildings in a single bound, he can't actually fly. Uh, and there, there's this wonder, wonderful story uh, of these kids protecting themselves from their abusive 
father with Superman's cape, which is imbued with its own powers. And uh, Superman, you know, wonderfully taking it back. And in and, and that marvelous way that Superman does of not accusing the kid of having stolen it. Just thanks for looking out for me. For looking out for this for me, it's really important. I'm glad you glad you were able to look out for it for me. So, there, there certainly was some great storytelling in here. Um, I, I wish so many of these stories just were not as uh, as rehashing. The follow up story in here um, that DC does, which I almost forgot about, is of a character that again they've introduced this character, but this is actually I wouldn't say an origin of the character, but it's a way to bring him into the more modern continuity. It's kind of like, a, okay, we're wrapping up some other stuff. I'm now going to be introducing a new character that we're going to be sh- that we've mentioned briefly before, and now we're going to represent him because we're going to be bringing him back in and making him a bigger character. So, um, Action Comics was good of the zero issues. Uh, Earth 2 and Phantom Stranger are probably my favorites of the ones that have come out this week. Overall, I gotta say DC was not a very strong week. Um, Valiant with Archer and Armstrong was really good. Yeah, The Amazing Spider-Man, another top pick for this week. So, yeah. That's my thought on the books I've picked up and read this week. Yeah, one of the things I love is that they are out weekly. You get to enjoy them. There's something new and different every week, even if some of them do sometimes get repetitive or rehash. Uh, I'm looking forward to see, because a lot of this DC stuff is setting up, they've really looked at crafting and massaging this world so that they're going to create a much bigger expanse so that when you're reading one book, you're going to go, oh, wait, I remember reading that in this other book. Um, it, it all fits together. A lot of it really well. Some of it is a little bit questionable, but in part between all this, the, you know, publication times that they have, the lead times, and trying to get so many people to coordinate together, you know, you got all the writers of the individual books, plus all the editors for those books that have to keep straight what everybody's doing and when they're doing it. It's a marvelous thing to, for DC to actually be presenting this as a unified universe as opposed to going over to Marvel, where you can be reading one book, and you pick up another book, and, oh wait, the events did occur over here. But you pick up a third book, and the entire team is different from what's in the other two books. Yeah, You've had that with the Avengers, particularly like the Avengers Assemble. You don't know where that sits in Marvel versus the rest of the Marvel continuity, except for the fact that it's the team from the Avengers movie, as opposed to what's been showing up as the Avengers team where it's Red Hulk instead of a Green Hulk. Um, you've had Marvel Girl, now Captain Marvel, showing up in the other books. She's not in the Avengers Assemble book. And it makes you wonder where in continuity this is going. I had the same problem when I was reading Astonishing X-Men. I never quite knew where it existed in Marvel's universe. Some of that is just the way that Marvel does it, is they don't care quite as much about making everything continuity and unified they're just going to decide to tell you a story, and if it happens to fit with current continuity, so be it. If not, uh, you'll just have to figure it out for yourself and uh, figure out where co- continuity is and how it fits in there later on. Um, you know, Valiant. Um, not sure how they're doing with their how they're going to do with their continuity. They got Ninjak, who's going to be showing up in Exo Man of War. Uh, they haven't mentioned how Harbinger or uh, Archer and Armstrong are going to be related. 
if at all, to any of the other books. So those are the big publishers that might, that tend to have unified universes. Valiant very well could have a unified universe. They may just keep it separate. They may decide to unify it later on. Now, you've got IDW, which doesn't have an, a unified universe, but will occasionally pull from all of its titles to do a unified crossover, which they had with Infestation uh, about a year ago. It's interesting to see how the comic companies put all these ideas together. Uh, I know this has been fairly DC-heavy because that tends to be where I lean with my books, but there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, hopefully, you, you know, you go to a shop, you're going to find something you like. Um, you know, just finished... Uh, Near Death, uh, that's another one I had. Uh, Near Death just finished its arc, or actually its series with the 11th issue. He may go back and revisit it. It's not quite how he wanted it to end, but the sales weren't there, so he finished up the story, gave us a, a good, solid ending. Uh, but as with all things, you know, just because it's ended doesn't mean they can't figure out a way to do it again. So, uh, he's hoping to go back and, and revisit Near Death. That was a good book. Pick it up in trades if you're, if you like a crime noir style story. It certainly is. Yeah, it really fits with that. Um, the basic premise is a hitman who's trying to make amends for all the people he's killed by saving that many people. Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the end of the series. So if they haven't already got the first arc, I believe the first arc is out in trade. The second arc will probably be out shortly. Now that's near death. Um, that was a really good one. Um, and, you know, he did a good job of closing that up, even though it's not quite as far along in the story as he wanted to go. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. If you need to get a hold of us, you know, let us know how you like the show, what we can do to improve it. If you just want to make a comment, you got a question for us, go ahead and head over to about.me slash comic book tesseract. That's got links to our Facebook page or Google Plus. Our Twitter accounts information can be found there. All of it's available at about.me slash comic book tesseract. Head on over there. We got email. You can call us. We got a number there you can call and leave a voicemail or you can text us. Uh, so about.me slash comic book tesseract. Once again, I'm Jason Poliath. I'm hoping to have Justin join me next week when we step inside the tesseract.